Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Previously on X-Men. Contact you for days, Wolverine. Where have you been? Love Somewhere cold. I go, I wanna go. Come on, they're gonna kill him! Good. Lady, you picked the wrong girl to adopt. At least I won't have to listen to your flapping mouth anymore. Hi, this is Cal Dodd, the voice of Wolverine from the X-Men animated series 92 to 97. And you're listening to The Marvelous, Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson of... All right, this is a very special interview we got lined up right now. As myself, I'm a big fan of X-Men, the animated series from 1992. and a lot not, a, not as himself, so am I. But, well, I've been going through it right now with Disney Plus because everyone's watching Disney Plus. Apparently, by the way, there was 10 million subscribers after the first day. And I would imagine quite a big bulk of that were people like myself watching X-Men the Animated Series. And we were able to hear one more time the voice of everyone's favorite knucklehead, Wolverine. And right now, that voice is joined with us on the other end of this tin can and string or Skype and string or whatever we got. But Cal Dodd, how are you today, sir? I am excellent, except for the snow. And this is way too early for snow here in Canada. And I'm sure you have it there, too. Are you in New York? We are in upstate New York, about an hour and a half from New York City, and we haven't gotten the snow, but we've gotten the cold. We've gotten all of the cold. Oh. Yeah, okay. Well, we got cold snow and the old ball of wax way too early. This year doesn't snow here till like, you know, the end of December, January, but this is ridiculous. So, and, but I'm still, I'm outside. This is where I hang from, from uh, 5 until 7 or 8, just uh, going over tunes and singing and uh, voices and stuff. And that's so one of the I'm outside. About, that's one of the things about you. You're not just a voiceover actor. You're also a musician. And tell oh, me yeah. home, what kind of music do you do? Oh, dear. That's a long, that's a long, long answer to that question. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. My I'll, just, I'll just cut this short. So my brother, my little brother, <clears throat> who learned everything from me, <laughs> he'll love that, mm-hmm. um, went to New York in uh, 75 or 6. He was very young. And ended up meeting Meatloaf, went with Meatloaf on tour, started the group Meatloaf, like, didn't start it, but Meatloaf obviously started with, with uh, Jim Steinman. And they did the whole tour and stuff with Meatloaf, Rory was with him. And then Rory did uh, Billy Joel's albums, Uptown Girl, and he did that total eclipse of the heart with Bonnie Tyler. Turn around every now and then I get it. Yeah, that's my little brother. So wow. music, music. we're an Irish family, so we came from Ireland. Rory was born here, but I was born, my sister and, and Barry were born in Dublin. Uh, Ireland and came over here when I was about three and a half, four. 
And then Rory and Sean were born here, and we were we were an Irish singing family. We sang Irish, you know, you know those kind of <laughs> those kind of stupid tunes. Well, they weren't stupid. They're actually they're, they're antiques. But you know, um, and we sang at different conventions: liberals, conservatives, like in your case, Republicans, Dem- Democrats. <laughs> As a family, we sang all these stupid songs. If you're Democrat, come into the parlor instead of if you're Irish, come into the parlor. Anyway, music has been huge my entire life, and I do I. Um, Toured with Joe Cocker for a while, uh, for a while on his uh, Canadian half of his tour back in '76, and we signed a recording deal here. Our group is called Deja Vu, D E J A V U, and uh, we were in New York while Rory was with, in New York with uh, he met with Meatloaf again and Beverly D'Angelo. The opening of a, a rock opera called Rockabye Hamlet, which closed opening night thanks to um, the uh, the the um, critic. Yeesh. Anyway, well, yeah, won't go into that. But um, and I was in town recording with our band with Deja Vu, our first album, and I saw my brother on stage in New York with this show. Was you know with, it was going to open and on Broadway, and you know as I said, unfortunately. But anyway, that's where they all met and shit. And that's you know I was doing music my entire life and the top jingle singer in this country for years, twenty five, thirty years, whatever. You know, singing Coca Cola, Pepsi, Wonder Bra, whatever. Wow, what a range! Yeah. So, yeah, music was huge in my life. Huge, still is. Uh, but you know, when as soon as I found this this person, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> who took five years took five years of my life, I got to spend with Wolverine, which was just so unbelievable. On the topic of Wolverine, and, and, yeah, I, and with the other people in the cast and stuff, because I never did any voiceovers until Wolverine. He was the first. I was a singer. I did all the jingles, you know. Right. And I, I was very much an, a, an outsider in the voice, voiceover uh, community, and they are like little cliques. And they didn't know who I was when I went in to do this thing, which was perfect because Wolverine doesn't give a shit anyway. He's the loner. <laughs> uh, but they were, you know, it, it was just um, uh, it was a blessing that someone out of the blue called me with an, asked me if I'd be interested in going and audition for this thing. And I said, the X-Men, what the hell are those? Right. What the hell are X-Men? And it was actually called, they wouldn't disclose what we were auditioning for. They called it uh, the X. <laughs> Conveniently enough, they called it the uh, uh, Plan X, you know, whatever, the Project X interview. Oh, yeah. Sure. And as soon as we got into the interview, they gave me a picture of Wolverine, an interview, the um, audition. They gave me a picture of, uh, this is like 92, early 92. They gave me a picture of him. <laughs> and I went, excuse me. I looked and I was like, wow. And they said, well, so they, they, they conducted me, like directed me. This is what the way we think you should sound like this guy. And this guy just did like, you know, the typical ones you always hear. Uh, Clint Eastwood. Um, uh, odd ones for me was Steve McQueen, although I love Steve McQueen as acting. And I love his being, and he was always a very quiet person like Wolverine was kept to himself. Um, uh, and so those references were the reference they gave me and they, they put this sheet down in front of me. And the first thing I'd ever read for him was, <laughs> was like, <laughs> you, you always like pushing around people smaller than you. Well, I'm smaller than you. Try pushing me. I think row, whatever the scream after that. And I, they just kind of went, Whoa, geez. <laughs> Hey, give, give him some more lines. Give him some more lines. <laughs> you know, because he had been looking for a while. So anyway, I read the read for a while for them, and I just loved when they described the character. I just loved what he was all about, defending 
people younger, smaller, whatever, than than whatever bullies, etc. He would handily deal with them. And now I forget what the question was. Oh yeah, the music. <laughs> so there's the answer to that question. As you can tell, I'm very verbose. Well, you're a voiceover guy. Of course, that would make perfect sense. I like that. Oh God, yeah. Well, the one thing going back, going back over the topic of music and Wolverine, I I find yeah. it really funny that a few weeks ago we had the voice of Spider-Man, Yuri Lowenthal, and we got him singing Cher's uh, If I Could Turn Back Time. So we got Peter Parker, Spider-Man, singing Cher, and we got Wolverine <laughs> singing Bonnie Tyler, Total Clip to the Heart. Yeah, but what did, he did, um, what did he sing of that tune? Oh, he did the uh, If I Could Turn Back Time. So we got that. <laughs> well, no, but I, I just did my brother doing that because it's like a typical Irish tenor. Turn around. And then body. Every now and then I get a little bit lonesome and I turn around, turn around. Right Every now and then I fall. Yeah, on and on, which is yeah. very easy for me to do. Like and singing up there and doing like slappy. When people come up to my table at Comic-Cause, they go like, you because they're there for Wolverine mainly, but then, because then that's mainly why I'm there. Well, it's the only reason I'm there. Yeah. And then they, they, I have these pictures of Slappy from Goosebumps. And they're going like, no way. <laughs> and then I have to do like, from, you know, His Majesty Wolverine Logan to like, <laughs> to the guy from Slappy from the, you know, and the, that figure, it doesn't make sense to them. And we actually- totally walk away confused. We actually threw up on Facebook and Twitter, and one of the questions someone had asked was, how would you feel about Slappy from Goosebumps getting his own R-rated horror treatment? Like a horror movie with the character, but R-rated. And Oh, jeez. I, I know nothing about Slappy. I mean, we, I did it for two years, um, you know, all the episodes from, from Goosebumps and stuff. And I also did the theme song, which, you know, again, the singing thing, but it was actually, oddly enough, it wasn't, there was no singing in the, in the theme song. It was just blink, 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 you know, roof, roof. And <laughs> dog. And, um, you will beware, you're in for a scare. I don't know if you're familiar with the intro to the. Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, so I did that part. You will beware, you're in for a scare in the opening. But I also played Slappy and all the, the lawn, mo- the lawn um, gnomes. I was all the lawn gnomes and other ridiculous characters, but mainly Slappy. But um, it's amazing to some children, that young kids that just love Slappy, and, are, and then other ones that are just terrified of him. Right. And then their mothers are terrified, etc. But, you know, it's just going from, from Wolverine's voice to like, you are my slave now. You're like, <laughs> that kind of a voice doesn't compute with them. And they just walk away shaking their head. <laughs> wow, this is this is like a a voiceover resume going on here. I'm loving it because uh, my primary thing is radio and getting to do commercials. You know, a local station that we are in the Sullivan Catskills. But uh, this this sounds really really good stuff, Cal. Oh, good, good. Uh, what good. Uh, what kind of um, time frame were you in at the time doing the Wolverine? What kind of a time commitment was that doing the episodes and such? What type, uh, a time commitment? Like, How much? Yeah. Uh, um, well, for, first of all, when they started, we went to. Well, it was all recorded in Toronto. All the all beast, everyone. Uh, it's so wonderful that we're all doing comic cons now. I, I finally got. I convinced Beast to start doing comic cons with me. He just and Beast. This is a funny story, but George Buza, who played Beast, had never ever watched an episode 
in the five years that we were doing it. Yeah. Really? Because he's an, he's an on-camera actor, and he does. he's done a lot of Sinbad. He did Sinbad, you know, the movie Sinbad or whatever, the series. I don't know. It, it's, he's, and he's, he looks like Beast. Like he's a big guy, and he looks very much like Beast. Anyway, so he said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, Wolverine, Logan? <laughs> Um, well, come to come on these uh, things with me. They're, they're a riot. He didn't get anyway. He's now on board all the way. Hmm. And so, and rogues doing it, uh, gambit or gambits doing it as well. Now. So we've got five of us most of the time going to all the comic cons that we're attending. And we originally, it was just, it was just me. I know. And I'm sorry. I forgot your question again. Uh, it was just how much time it took to, you know, do all the episodes that we now can enjoy on DVD and otherwise, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, okay. So when we first started, uh, with my voice especially, they were concerned uh, about uh, what he's going to sound like when he's not pissed off and fighting. <laughs> I said, <laughs> did that ever happen? <laughs> yes, well, you know, how is he going to sound? So we had to work on that. I said, well, just I'll just talk down here, like lower, and he'll be a calmer person. And they, we were happy. We worked on like three or four hours with that. And then with each of the characters, they did that just after we'd been cast. And then when we started on an episode, and it would, what they would usually do, like one, two, three, uh, maybe uh, in the period of two weeks, they would come in from LA and New York, the producers and writers, et cetera. And we would go in for, um, we would do like six, every six episodes in maybe two, three episodes in two weeks because there's so many, so much stuff going on there. And it would take, and we would do like 16 a year and sometimes 26 episodes a year. You know, I can't really recall how many, whether they were in 26 or half that or, but no, it was like every, they come into town every two months for like a month or three weeks or something like that. And it was so, just wonderful. And for me, I'd never done an animated series in my life. And it was just, I couldn't wait to see what this guy was, Wolverine, was going to look like. Because he just became my best friend. And I, said, you know, and I knew him. I knew who he was. He was me. And I just, I just wanted to uh, see what he looked like. So I, could, I died. I couldn't wait for the, when it premiered on uh, Halloween in 92. And I'm watching this scene. And, I, and when I first saw him, I'm like, Shit. I love this dude. And he was just, it was just unbelievable to see him and to see hear my voice coming out of this, this person, this thing. And it was just, and I was just, it was just bang on. I went, Oh, this is going to be a hell of a ride. Well, you find yourself you for five years. Yeah. A new, a new outlet, another thing to, uh, you know, put under oh, your belt. Geez, yeah. And, um, yeah. Where was I going with this thing now? Um, but being able to to do this character, um, and I assume now this is going off on the tangent as far as the work, you know, part of this goes. And I don't know if things change from from project to project. Uh, but you negotiate not to necessarily get paid by the hour or the episode, but maybe just for this project. I don't know how that breaks down. Oh, it's always and and it's the same worldwide because I we asked that question. I asked when. Uh, <laughs> Because we're Canadian, we're all Canadians, and we have to be sure they're. I, we know why they're coming here because they can get much more for their dollar here. Okay, you know, for the studio time and everything in '92, especially. And um, so I, I said, I, I asked them because uh, Ted, uh, what's his name from Ted Knight, uh, um, Mary and Ted's boss, um, Ed Asner. He did. 
Ed Asner. Did he do Spider Man? Did he? What, was yes. he on? He did. A, was it Spider Man? He was uh, J. Jonah Jameson, the newspaper publisher. Yeah, in, in Spider Man. Yes. Like he did a. So he was doing it at the same time we were doing it, and I said so. I can't imagine that he gets paid the same money. So, oh yes, no, like it's very animation is very, very, very strict, and it doesn't matter who you are. He, he said the big stars are just can hardly wait to get an animated character for some reason, you know. And so they they explained that to us that way. So what it boils down to is that you get basically scale, period, for the boys are doing. Then they pay you uh, again. They pay you that. So 200% you get because then they own it for five. That's a buyout for five years. So they own you and everything up to five years mm. and ad infinitum. So the 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 the, contra, the paradox or irony that I'm thinking of is paradox you're saying two boats something like that paradox is that it costs less to to do this go by going to Canada but yet like oh, I, look yeah. at, I look at a comic book. And it costs more for, for there's a Canadian price on the comic book, like a quarter more. Yeah. Yeah. And there's my paradox. Thank you very much. Two boats side by side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, you know, we're talking to Eric and Julia, Eric uh, Lee Wald and his wife, Julia, was a writer. And Eric was like responsible for getting this show on the air, period. Aside from the from the, the uh, president of Fox Network, the woman who put her her um, career on the line and said, no, we're going with this and this is how it's going to be written. And this is what we're doing. And we're going to write about this and we're going to have people die in it. And they would just, Oh, you can't do this. Said, yeah, well, we're going to do it. And they fought for that. Um, uh, but again, I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, they just said it was, the, uh, we're doing it our way or no way. And they put on these episodes where like morph dies in the second episode. Like what? How do you get, well, children are going to have to, they'll have to put up with this in their life. You know I mean? Put up with it. It happens. Shit happens. Yes. And you know, with Morph dies, if they, if they addressed every kind of issue in the X-Men series, which is why it's so popular even today. And the kids that were watching it then are now coming to my table with their children who are now 10 and 11 and or maybe not that old, but nine, seven, six, whatever. And they, you know, they're in turn or having their kids watch the series, uh, which is so wonderful that Disney, it's coming out again. It'd be nice if they paid us, but that's <laughs> another question. Well, in regards to the whole aspect of the generational kind of thing, one of the listener questions was, how does it make you feel knowing that there's a generation that was raised on the X-Men animated series and now they're raising their kids on it and so forth and so on? I'm telling you, when I go to, when I go to Comic-Cons, this is Peter, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I, I'm stunned by the people that come up with, with their children. And there's two different scenarios here that happen. One was this guy came up and his son was, at, I think, about four or five. But maybe five, and the, the father, let alone the son, the son was just the father had him in his arms, and they're getting a picture. They paid, you know, to have a picture taken with me, and the father saying, "I just can't believe this." He said, "And my so is my, his son. He's holding his son, and and I've got my arm around him and his son, and um, he just said, that's, um, whatever the kid's name was, like say, say it was Nathan, Nathan." That's Wolverine besides. I know, I know. but he, you know, kind of, he's trying to figure that out. And I said, you know, I played some stuff at the table for them. And like the boy said, see, that's, well, that's him. 
<laughs> the, the kids like, looking stunned still. I was like, oh, wow. And as we had the picture taken. I said, okay, just take another one, please. Just, you know, whatever, do another one. And I turned and kissed the cheek, the kissed the kid's oh. cheek. The father went ape shit. What? He just like, he started breaking down. No, he, like, he just like, he said, Terrence, I can't believe Wolverine kissed my child. <laughs> and, no, it was just a wonderful, beautiful moment. Then this other couple, three people walked up and they were dressed in black. I thought it was uh, father and daughter. Daughter was about 11 or 12, maybe. Father would be whatever, 40, maybe, if that. And he said, and he just started, he just stood there and he started his speech. And he went on, he just said, I'm autistic and my daughter here is autistic as well. And he had the claws, he had Wolverine's claws on. They were dressed in black, two of them, he had Wolverine's claws. And he spoke for the two of them, and he said, you're the only reason that I'm alive and was able to have my daughter and made it through school, being bullied and being pressured and stuff. And the only escape I had was watching X-Men on Fox, you know, kids, Fox Kids on Saturdays. And he said, I, I just, you just helped me. You are my favorite, and you just gave me strength to get through, and my daughter loves you too, and we just wanted to say that. So I took with that, I took... My hand, I was standing there and I, you know, I'm on the verge of tears and he gives, I put my hand out to shake his hand. So I forgot. Yeah. So he has the claws on. So he takes the claw off one of them and shakes my hand, then quickly turns around his daughter and they walk away. And then this this other girl, woman that was standing with him, I didn't realize she was with him, came running back over to me and said, I can't believe what just happened. He has never with autism, but it has never ever touched another human being's hand or shaken anyone's hand, let alone touched them. Yeah. And he said, she said, I'm blown away by this. I said, I like, just like grab my chest. I said, holy shit. I mean, holy poop. But you know, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And the kids, they love it too. The kids now are, now they're going to get to see it all. Like if, if the parents don't have the DVD stuff, you know, uh, copies that I just got a year and a half ago and I'm watching it all over again. And it's like, what if it still stands up to anything today, any other, any animated series, it, it was just, it was something else. Yeah. And I mean, that's the end of that. One, one of the things when, you know, this was like an off, uh, off mic conversation, but when we had Mark Ruffalo on the show, one of the things I said to him was, what is it like knowing that no matter what you do, you can walk up to somebody and just the concept of being you, you being you, you've made someone's day, you've made their day brighter. Oh, yeah. You have that as well. Oh, it's, 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 it stuns me. It's like, and, and Donna, my wife is with me when we go on these comic cons. She just, it just, it just, she blows her away. They are so, so thankful and into the characters and without a, I mean, it, it just goes on. It just, it just keeps saying, I wouldn't have made it. Thank you for making my childhood. It's a, a line we get all the time. Yeah. And I wouldn't have made it without you. Like the girls who go to Rogue, the next table at Rogue's there, you know, studying, you know, you gave me strength. It's just, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Cal, was there, um, was there a lot of interaction while you were doing your recording and doing this work, laying down tracks and so on, with uh, any of the other voice actors? And I mention that because I recently was at Super Mega Fest in Framingham, Massachusetts. Shout out to John for getting us there. And uh, got a little interview with Tony Daniels, the voice of Gambit. Second voice. Okay, second voice. Thanks for the correction. 
<laughs> Who was that? Was that Eddie? That was Peter. Oh. Well, that was Eddie asking. That was me doing the correction. Oh. That was Eddie asking. That was who doing the correction? Uh, Pe- Peter doing Peter. the correction. I'm getting very sad now. We're, we're sounding similar. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry. Again, the question. Working together with some of the voice actors, or you actually work separately, and did you not see each other too often? And, again, because I saw well, and got to talk to yeah. Tony. In the beginning was the word. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. And the word was with God, and the word was God. I can't believe I just went into that. Wow. So, no. So, in the beginning, uh, when we went in, like I said, we were all, we were all there. It was, it was um, myself, uh, God bless him, Norm, Spencer, uh, um, uh, Cyclops, uh, Gene, Catherine Disher, uh, Gambit, um, uh, Chris Potter, and uh, Rogue, Lenore Zan, like six of us, seven, six to seven of us, and Beast, sorry, George Buza, in a circle. <laughs> and it, it, we tried this one on for about four or five episodes, and then the, the engineer said, okay, I've had it. This, this <laughs> is, you know, there's too much, this is ridiculous. Because seriously, if you're doing, and, and it's nice to have them in there, and it was fun, but uh, you'd have to wait after you said your line. And like if I was having a fight scene with, 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 um, um, uh, Jesus. Who do you always fight with? Sabretooth? Oh, yeah. Sabretooth. Uh, uh, the, there was no sense in having baffles between us to keep the mic, the leakage, spillage from my voice or me talk when someone's doing their line. That's what was happening. The engineer was going like, okay, he's spilling into the other, he's spilling into Rogue's mic or he's spilling into, Cyclops Mike, you know what I mean? Yeah. My voice, because, you know, and if, forget the fight scenes, because the two of us sounded identical, especially when we're fighting. It was all like, yeah, yeah, for like a half an hour. We were the only two that could go in together, and, you know, and we would for those scenes, you know, because it's, it's action fighting and stuff, and it's nice to have to see what he's going to say or his reaction. But, but so like back to, so we did do that for about four or five episodes. Then it just got too crazy for the engineer, and he said, "Okay, never mind. You will now come in one by one, and just you get your script, and you'd bring it in, and the director Dan Hennessy would tell you what was going on because all the writers were there, and, and Eric and some LA people in New York stuff to watch and to give us notes, etc. And um, they would just say, "Okay, I would just come in by myself and read the whole episode." So what is what did he say there? Which is unfortunate because it's great to you know to to hear it when you're doing it. You know the other people doing their lines. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's like the olden days, olden days, and the old radio days when you got in a studio and like definitely you were like four microphones and you were bang 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 reading their lines and you could react to what he said. But you couldn't do that. We just we just saw we just read what we were lines we were given and uh, as I said with the. They were all Americans, and when they, at one point, they said, when they had my script over, he said, so what do you think, huh? And I said, oh, no, he's never going to say, huh, pal? He's going to say, A, if anything. <laughs> then they said, okay, then just leave it out. I said, yeah. okay, good. I said, good idea, eh? Because <laughs> you saying, A. <laughs> That'd be silly. It kind of takes away from the character. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. So take off, eh? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't work. Anyway. Right. 
Now, in regards to the character of Wolverine, in the 1990s, that was when the character really blew up and became one of the major faces of not just you know the Marvel brand, but comics in general. What yeah. is it like knowing that your portrayal is a major contributing factor of the character being so big? Well, it, it, it just, it, I, I didn't, I, like I said, none of us, I never knew that, that it would get as big as it got. <clears throat> after the first year, we were all like, well, so it's, are, we, are we on for next year? Like, we didn't even know after the first year if it was going to be back on, even though Fox Network zoomed to the top of the ratings and bypassed NBC, CBS, and all of them. And God bless her, the president of the female, what the heck is her name? I, I'm embarrassed. I've seen her name, um, too, recently. She was involved yeah, in uh, Toys the But she, like, made the decision said, no, no, we're going to do it. And they said, you realize that this doesn't happen, your history, and you're fired. She said, yep, totally along with that. Said, we're going with this. But anyway, so uh, I, I had no idea, seriously, no idea, that 25, 27 years now later, I'm flying all over the world meeting on the most unbelievable fans and people that I've ever met in my life. And I say that with all sincerity. It's it's just every, everything, Peter, Eddie just blows me away with these fans. They are absolutely precious. It's just stupid. And I mean, we we were, we were flying to Wales in three, two, two and a half weeks. What the heck? We're flying, we're flying over the oceans now. Yeah. We're, we're going to Wales or to, to Telford, actually, just over the border from Wales. But that's Wales Comic Con from like December 7th and 8th. And then, uh, you know, back to the U.S. and, and uh, to New Orleans, January 3rd and 4th. And it's just, it, I can't get enough of this. It's just, it's like, this is like wonderful because the people are astound me. Now, we got a bunch of various fan questions from all over social media, and one of them, comes from Daiku. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know, there was, uh, go ahead. This Just one, trying to be flipping. This yeah. one person, Daiku, she sent me a bunch of questions, and one of them is, how does it feel being such an iconic route for the character where you even crossed over into the Capcom fighting game series, such as Children of the Atom, Marvel vs. Capcom, etc.? Yeah, I, I did Marvel vs. Capcom I did, and... Um, Others like I don't really recall because they were weird doing that. It was weird doing that stuff. I mean, that's like again twenty five seven years ago, or whatever. And uh, I, I I think I did like about I don't know three of them or three or four of them. One of them I did wasn't very happy with the the people and uh, the the script was like eighty five pages, and they said. You got to give me a break. No, this is like way too much for this amount of money. And they said, oh, well, okay. And I just, I, just, I backed off that one. I said, no, you get someone else to do his voice then. Good luck with that. Uh, well, and then, when it comes to people that, you know, ask for signatures and stuff on uh, yeah. the 8x10s and whatnot, do you ever get fans ask you to write down some of the lines from the Marvel versus Capcom and fighting games in general? Like, yes, Berserker yes, I do. Yes, I do. And it's, it's weird because it, the last, the lines that they say, I'm going like, because it was weird doing this. Like whatever he would say, there's like stick sick or like tap on, or I see, I can't even recall any of the stuff that we did for those. Cause it was just bizarre. 
and you, and, you know, like back you in those that. days, we didn't even know like that, that what those games were. You know, there were different venue routes you could take depending. I remember that about that. They went, uh, <laughs> if they press this button, they can go this way, and then they'll something different happens over here. And that, but if they go this way, so I just went, okay, I'll just do the voice. <laughs> yeah. Now another. Question. I just I really have very little recall or memory of that. Now, in regards to other questions that we received, we're going to go with the one that we received from Jeremy Bagley, and we just have to read this one, because this was my favorite you mean, one. You mean jacked up Jeremy Bagley? <laughs> what, what a name, jacked up Jeremy Bagley, Bob. Yeah. Jeremy from Rochester wants to know, was his contract with Marvel slash Saban to play Wolverine pretty much ironclad, or did it come with any retractable clauses? Oh, <laughs> no, no, not retract, not plural, retractable claws. Yeah, you got to Yeah, it's true. That's true. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. No, I, I got to tell you, because this really happened when I got that, because I read it and I, I, I'm looking at reading going like, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> and I go into the kitchen where my wife is and said, now listen to this question. And you, as you just read it. That, that, or does it have? And as I'm getting to the line, as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I just start laughing. And my wife started laughing at me too. Or does it have retractable claws? <laughs> and she started laughing. And of course, I lost it then. I was like, oh, geez, Christ. Yeah. Yeah, he's an Irish. He's, he's, he's got his Irish sense of humor, that man. Absolutely. Now, yeah. <laughs> is there actually an answer? <laughs> Are we, are we actually looking for an answer no. here? Okay, so you're on tour. That's amazing to hear that, and just but a great testimony, Cal, to what you did then and not knowing, and it's still you know pervading in a very similar way. Also at Super Mega Fest, having to speak to, and I think this is his first time out at cons, uh, the first live action Spider Man, Nicholas Hammond, and he was a wonderful gentleman to talk to, and he'll talk to us at a future episode. Mm-hmm. The first. The first uh, what live action? What did you say? Live action. The first li- Spider Man, Nicholas Hammond from uh, 1978, 77. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's he's coming on your show. Uh, he said he would. So uh, fingers crossed. We got a little interview from the last con, but uh, you know, coming up in the not too far future, we hope. Now this question. Well, if he doesn't is... th- if he doesn't follow through, Bob, you let me know. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> now, I'll call him. Now, this question comes from voiceover actor Ryan Brown. He wants to know, uh, redefining what was it like redefining the character of Wolverine for all future actors? Because before you, Neil Ross played Wolverine as an Australian. And what is it like knowing that you changed the character forever, where every version of Wolverine kind of has elements of you, even to the point where Hugh Jackman's version has bits and pieces of your interpretation? Okay, um, the <laughs> I saw the Australian guy, and I just, I just, you know, after doing it myself, I saw this guy. And I would think, what, what the hell is that? Wolverine's Canadian. What the, what the? He's a good eye. Mike, he's a snicket fault. No, it didn't work out at all. I said that's just ridiculous, and they they realized that and pulled that production anyway. So, um, uh. I, uh, when I met, I'll do this in order. I met, um, uh, Steven at, uh, one of my first, first comic cons 
in I think New Braunfels, Texas. Stephen Bloom. And Stephen Bloom, yeah. And I, I found out that he was there. I said, "Oh, this is great." So, <clears throat> so I, I of course had my Wolverine cast jacket, which is Wolverine yellow leather on the arms, black with like my name Logan over my chest, and X Men on the other side in bright yellow letters, of course, yellow and black, and Wolverine colors. Hence Wolverine uh, leather. Uh, Beast has a jacket, uh, X Men Blue, it's called. So he has blue leather on his. Well, because he's Wolverine, he's blue. Uh, but it, the rest of them, uh, Cyclops, anyone else do, would, would get their jacket in X Men Blue. But I, of course, being Wolverine, had Wolverine Yellow. <laughs> and it kind of looks like the David Letterman jacket, like, you know, university college jacket. And on the back, it has a huge picture, beautiful picture of Wolverine with the, with the claws crossed. And it's the band and Marvel and all the groups responsible for getting in Fox network kids, Fox TV kids and stuff. All the credits are on the back of this. It's a wonderful jacket. Um, where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you said it? You've set the bar for a few. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I'm, we're at the telethon. And so I said, we're, we're Steve Bloom. Cause, <laughs> Cause I don't know. I'm from Canada. And I said, oh, he's over. I said, okay, I see him. So I've got my jacket on and I do the jacket up and I'm walking right towards his table and he sees me coming and he just goes, holy shit. <laughs> it's what he says. It's just holy shit. And he put his hands out and he just, then he just started bowing down. Like, you know, when, you know, if someone hits a home run near a baseball stand, you bow down. He just started bowing down and went like, Oh my God. I said, nice pleasure, Chief. He said, yeah, Cal. He said, oh, I know. He said, <laughs> he said my God, you set an awful, you set a, you set a pretty high bar, my friend. And we had our picture taken together. And, you know, and it, 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 he's a great guy. He was wonderful. Then, and now back to 2000, <laughs> after we finished the series, of course, uh, 92 to 97. Now they're doing the movie and, uh, um, uh, what's the, uh, what's the guy's name? <laughs> the live action one? <laughs> no, Hugh Jackman. So Hugh, it's like Hugh's in town to shoot the movie, and Beast, George Bouzet, is in the movie. He's the only X-Men from the radio series, from the, radio series, from the animated series. George, <laughs> as I told you, he does movies and TV and shit. So he's uh, got a part in the movie. So the only one of the original X-Men, he's in the thing. You know, it's a very small bit part, but we're, we're at this function... To, to meet, because uh, I'm Wolverine, and it's, he's Wolverine, and then with the very first um, live action Wolverine, and I meet him, and he walks up, and he said, he says that, uh, that we're introduced. I said, hi, you, nice to meet you. He said, it's great to meet you too, Mike, but I have to tell you, you know, I'm sick and tired of listening to your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I beg your pardon? He said, I'm sick and tired of listening to your voice, Mike. They've got me listening to your take. So there was no reference for Wolverine, as your question you were asking me, except for my voice, who, you know, created, he gave him a voice, I gave him a voice. And so for five years, the kids that are going to be watching this movie that they're making, this guy had better sound like their Wolverine that they're hearing their ears when they're reading comics, you know, or whatever. So he had to, he had to listen to my voice for months on end trying to get like some sort of resemblance to that thing, yeah. whether it happened or not, I have no idea. 
but those are your answers to like the, the all the wolf range and stuff. So, man, Steve is great, and so is Hugh is fantastic. Although I couldn't watch after the first five minutes, he said, "No, I, I can't watch it." <laughs> I saw him, and he's like five, six foot two, three. Wolverine is like five, three. Yeah. And I just went. I, I just can't. I couldn't watch it. One of the things. Anyways. One of the things in regards to the character of Wolverine and your portrayal of the character in the in the the animated series is people like myself. Ever since I I was a kid, I would read the X Men comics, and every time I would see Wolverine, I would read the comics in your voice of. Mm-hmm. Hogan. and mm-hmm. a lot of people like myself as well we do the oh, same I hear thing. that yeah all the know. time when I read Batman comics I read it in Kevin Conroy's voice Kevin Conroy's voice yeah and again yeah. what is it like knowing that you both are in the same regard from fans where you're the Logan and you're the yeah. voice that they read the comic books with it, it, it's totally humbling it's just it's like, it's like I said, I can't, I can't decipher all this. I can't, I can't fathom all this. Same with my wife. She's like, I don't, she's like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's no, it's seriously. It's like, it's overwhelming. Um, the number of people that you touch through this media, it's just, you know, honest to God. I mean, I guess for me growing up, it would have been like meeting Mel Blanc. Ooh, you know? wow, that's a great one. Yes. No, no, it would have been. I mean, because, you know, Bugs Bunny and and, uh, and all those characters and stuff. You know, that's uh, that's who I grew up with. And Popeye. <laughs> uh, blow me down, Alan. That, you know, that guy. <laughs> Popeye. So, you know, that's, that was my hero growing up. In grade three, four, five and stuff, you know. Uh, and, and then, you know, uh, <laughs> of course... Mel Blanc, the king, you know, and unbelievable. Yeah. So that, I, so I'm, it's just such a huge compliment. I just, I don't know what to say. It's just, uh, it's crazy. Uh, just so thankful that, you know, that we're getting to see them and meet these people that you've impacted their lives. It's crazy. And again, a lot of people like myself were in, in, reading. Yeah, including you, including you guys. It's just like, it's just it's crazy. It's great meeting like and, and talking, talking to you people. It's like, you people. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. No. God, I can't believe I said that after what happened in Canada uh, with Don Canada? Cherry. With Don Cherry from, from the, you know, hockey night in Canada, you know, like Don Cherry, coach's corner. He's like, Don Cherry played hockey all his life. He coached the Boston Bruins. For a couple of years, and Bobby Orr was on the team and stuff. Just he's Mr. Hockey here in Canada. Yeah, but he, he went on a rant about on, on Veterans Day uh, about people not wearing poppies, and he started. And he, he's 85, but he's you know he's an he's a, he's a tough guy. He played hockey all his life, never made it to the NHL, but ended up coaching in the NHL and was a fighter in the NHL, below wherever he was playing. Uh, he was just, you know he's a, all over the place playing hockey, but. He, he said, and you people come in here, you like our milk and honey and our way of life. you got to buy yourself a poppy. Put it on your chest, over your heart and stuff. But when he said, you people, <laughs> he was talking about immigrants. They figured he was talking about immigrants. And it just got out of control and stupid. And, it, you know, it was again, it was just people just overreacted. And the poor guy's just trying. He's on TV, for God's sakes. He's just speaking his mind and his heart. 
saying, you know, get a poppy, get out there, we're a poppy. These guys gave up their lives for us in the war, in the first, second world war. Anyways, how do we get off them on this track? Well, in regards to stuff so, people are not overreacting to, it is X-Men, the animated series, because I'm the king of the segue. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. you didn't ask for any favorite line. <laughs> well, we got a question on Twitter from at Mr. Amazing 10, and... This is a question that I guarantee you've been asked many times, at least by once per person. And with the <laughs> launch of Disney Plus happening right now, a lot of people are wondering, will they be bringing this back? Will they be bringing this back? The show Gargoyles has been doing really, really well on the streaming platform now as a result. And people involved with the creation of that show want to see that show come back. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask, Cal... Do you think we're ever going to see a potential return of the X-Men? And when I say that, I mean all of you guys. Yourself, Chris Potter, etc., etc. Lenore Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Uh, and uh, again, I'd have to defer to Eric and Julia. Uh, Eric being, you know, Julia was one of the writers. And uh, Leah, uh, Leah, good Lord, uh, I don't want to say names that I don't know, I don't know them for sure, but the writers are all like armed and ready. Larry Houston, who's an, a doll and like the artist, terrific uh, producer of our, of the X-Men, Larry Houston, <coughs> excuse me, from uh, LA, I believe. Yeah. Um, are waiting and we're waiting for, they might do a sixth because we did five seasons. They would like to do a sixth season to wrap the whole thing up with the original cast um, that are still alive. Every time the guy that like uh, Sabretooth, God, God love him, died two and a half years ago, John Franks. Um, but anyways, with the rest of the cast that are left, so you got your Gambit, your, uh, Wolverine, or Beast, uh, Lenore, they all sound the same. Uh, the years have been kind to them. <laughs> and um, Gene... Uh, Catherine Disher um, would uh, we jump at the chance. So there's there's a mention uh, they've been trying for like four or five months now, suggesting that we do this sixth series. Eric's waiting to get the go and like oh this is going to be fantastic because the last the series ended with <laughs> excuse me um, Professor Xavier dying so so they said and taken away to another galaxy or planet or something, wherever he was going, someone came and took him and left the X-Men all alone. So they're going to start this season with the X-Men being like, like running around in circles like idiots because no one's in charge and there's no Professor X. So they decide, okay, they get enough, uh, I don't know whether it's the Blackbird or whatever, and they take off to go to find him where he was taken, that whoever took him away, and they're going to uh, have him some magically or whatever she, they did something to where he went and brought him back to life. And when they arrived, they all head way back to the school again to start all over and sew up everything and like make sure everything's right. That's so a full year, like 26 episodes, one last season. And we're waiting for that to happen. Maybe not 26, you know, whatever, 13. Uh, but that's in the, that's been in the works for, Oh geez. I, eight, nine, ten months now. So it's just all like with this Disney re rebooting and stuff. Uh, 
I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah, because I know on Disney Plus they're bringing back, for example, they're giving one final season to Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and that had a massive fan, you know, reaction to it. So yeah, I feel like well, we'd love to. Yeah, we would love to, and we're all waiting because there's just be like, and and Eric's saying it's just very exciting the way that he's thinking about how we how they would write it and stuff because they're these writers were incredible in our series, and there's so just many incredible. characters you could bring in too, you know. I oh God, know. yeah. We never got to see it in the animated series. We just saw, like, quick shots of him. But I would love to see Wolverine square off with the Merc with the Mouth Deadpool. Just see it one time. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? My, <laughs> my, uh, I have a, a cousin that came from Galway, Galway, Ireland. And, uh, cousin. Um, yeah, second cousin. And we, I saw her at the last, uh, we were in Texas again, uh, three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago. And she has two children. And um, uh, well, his, so the, the son, who's like uh, 12, 12, I think, his favorite character is Deadpool. And I said, you better tell him to back off. <laughs> like, what, Deadpool this, buddy. And he's just like, so you met me. And, and we, I gave them, I got them Roger Clark. He does um, like major voices on games and stuff. Is it Roger Clark? Yeah. Uh, I can't even tell you the names of the games. Anyway, um, so I quickly cured him of his Deadpool. <laughs> so he, it, it, that's his favorite, his Deadpool. So oddly, oddly enough, you should say that. I think it would be also very interesting to see what they could pull off in regards to the show itself. like Because the main viewership of X-Men, the animated series, are people like myself in their 30s and 40s and whatnot. And yeah, yes. Would they go with a show that caters to the you know, 30, 40-year-olds, or would they maybe go with a show that maintains what it was originally supposed to be, a show for children, but also a show no. written for kids, but still very sharply written that could be enjoyed oh, no. both? I don't. I still, like, when I'm watching it now, i got to tell you, this... I'm thinking children watch this. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, 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 uh, but adults and a lot of adults watch that show as well. I mean, it was, it was um, pretty amazing. And it, what they took the children through, you know, part as part of their, I'm just going back in the house here. You can hear that the door opening. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I would love, honestly, to see just the way the way it was, just maintain everything and just keep going because it rewatching this for the first time in so long is it, it's hard on, it's hard to describe. On on you mean on, on on what are you watching it on? I'm currently I'm watching it on Disney Plus, although I've been you know okay. flip flopping between the uh, DVDs every once in a while because you know just because. But <laughs> well, is there a difference eh, between the just, between Disney? Did they do anything different on Disney Plus? Like it, it's still the same thing, but it's just the portable aspect of it. You know, with Disney Plus, I can watch Wolverine cut people up on my phone as opposed to you know, oh shucks, I can oh. watch it on the TV now. Oh okay. <laughs> like oh yeah, you cut a lot of people up. We weren't allowed to kill anyone on the series. You know that there was right. like no one ever died. I had when I was doing it, when I was actually doing the series, a friend of mine who I did a lot of music with and stuff, 
He said, I said, so if your sons, if you have your kids watched, like seen Wolverine, the X-Men, he said, no, I don't let them watch it. Why? He said, well, it's too violent. (laughs) It's too Mark. It's too violent. There's a rule. There's a law, like an unwritten law. You can, no one can die on our series. No one dies. They run off, they flee, they run. You know, something's blown up, but everyone runs away and gets away. You can't have dead people lie. No, there's none of that. But he wouldn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> now let's see. Also, let's go back over to the Twitter account. At Mitch May 67 <clears throat> asks, who would he choose to play the next Wolverine? Yeah, I heard that. I read that. Now, obviously, this is going to be for a live action one. No, I, I I can't imagine the next Wolverine. I can't. I'm still here. That is, that is true. what I'm going to say to that one. I'm still here. There is no. I mean, I am Wolverine. Ski Bloom did a little version that he did in L.A. for like two years or three years or whatever that was. But you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't Wolverine. I mean, it was Wolverine, but it wasn't the original. <laughs> excuse me, me. And that's, that's and as you and as you said, they all tried to emulate and do that. Well, of course they did. So you know they were told, "Here's what he sounds like. Get as close to that as you can." And God bless them, they did great. But it ain't me. <laughs> and the heart, the heart ain't the same. And it, you know, I don't know. And that, again, that's the lasting power of your interpretation of the character. That this entire interview, Eddie can vouch for me on this. This is obviously an audio podcast, but I've been smiling like a dork this entire time because I'm just. I'm hearing what it was, you know, growing up, and it's still there, you know? It's fantastic to be, oh, yeah. you know, just, I'm conjuring that mental image of Wolverine as I'm talking to you right now. I'm imagining with the little uh, jacket and the uh, yellow, which, by the way, the yellow plaid shirt that Wolverine had in so many episodes of the series. <laughs> wasn't it, wasn't it, was it a red plaid? Was it red and black plaid or something, or... I, I watched an episode yesterday. It was uh, yellow and black. Okay, you know, here's this. This is one of my favorite episodes. Two, two of my favorite episodes. One of one is uh, um, um, uh, Christ. Here you go, yeah. dickhead. Um, um, oh, talk, uh, old soldiers is one of my favorites because I, I actually got to do and I, I love the episode. Um, you know, they were standing at a graveside and they. they picture and there's three old soldiers who had been in the second world war or whatever standing around a gravesite and talking to them like oh see you again old buddy and like then they look over and see wolverine standing at, at this um a tombstone and they walk up to him and said oh it looks like i'm saying well, hey is it you and he said can i help you bub turns around to face these guys and it's you know it's the one where he meets captain america Ooh, wow where he meets Captain America and the two of them team up. And, and, and but I get to do like a Humphrey Bogart thing. Like, <clears throat> so it was, it was, it was the second world war. It was flights flashing everywhere. I saw people walking up and down the aisles. There was craziness, bombs going off left and right. I made my way up the stairs <laughs> and wow. I got to do that kind of a voice, but it's in Wolverine's voice. Like it was crazy. Black night. It was crazy. I could do this. Do you not remember the episode? It's, it's called old soldiers. I haven't seen it in so and long. It, and, it, and it is with Captain America, who he had some one of his greatest fucking lines. Oops, oh, jeez, I can't believe it said that. Uh, We're not going to tell Wolverine yeah. to watch his language. We would—that is the last thing we would. Yeah, this to is do. Wolverine's in character, so let the <laughs> we let the language fly. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> 
<laughs> Good. Wolverine can say whatever he wants to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including any time, pretty boy. <laughs> One of his greatest lines, when he looks at Captain America, he says, I'm your new partner. I'm Captain America. And Wolverine goes, no kidding. Because <laughs> he's dressed up with, like, the the the... the, the the banner and for like the big uh, shield that he's got in front of him and stars and stripes everywhere. And they, they end up try, climbing up this cliff <coughs> and it's before Wolverine has had his claws done. So uh, 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 Captain America has some these tools that are like claws that he puts in his hands and the two of them climb up this side of this cliff and he's at Wolverine turns to him and says, so that outfit you got on, what's it made of? It's got a itch. <laughs> What's it made of? It's got an itch. Like he had the greatest off 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 kilter way, like the left turn lines that came out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's got an itch. He just had the greatest lines. <laughs> like when someone they're looking for Jubilee and he's outside of the the, the uh, home that they lived in and stuff. And then he jumps out of a tree and he said, "I lost the scent. The scent went cold. I lost it." <laughs> he said. Well, where is she? Well, I don't know. I lost it. The set went cold. <laughs> then he turns to the camera and says, got bit by a dog, too. <laughs> what? <laughs> he just says, got bit by a dog, too. Just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, Christ. Like TMI. It reminds me of that, that the gotta itch line reminds <laughs> me of the first, uh, well, the Tobey Maguire first Spider-Man movie in the elevator. And the other person no, in the elevator movie. says, or say, nice Spidey suit. And he, <laughs> he says back to, you know. It right, it does right up or something like that, you know. Yeah. Now another question that we received from Daiko yeah. on Twitter. Let's hear it from the source. Who's your choice for Logan's love interest? Oh, well, he. That's weird. Silver Fox. Uh, uh, like I say, I'm just watching these things again, and uh, Silver Fox was like a huge love interest for him. Uh, Gene, of course, would be the big one, which is why he hated Cyclops, among other reasons. But uh, uh, and and uh, what's her name that turned into Lady Deathstrike? Uh, Kimiko or Kimiko or he had, he just failed with women miserably. And uh, I know they would probably want to say uh, Storm in that uh, the, the episode that was uh, time changing, or they went. Back in time, or it was just, uh, I forget what the episode was called. Days of Future. But uh, he was madly in love with Storm, and they had said, we had a good time, dear. <clears throat> that was a great time. She said, it, it was the best of times. <laughs> and then they come back into the present. <clears throat> and they don't remember, of course, anything about it, but he, Wolverine was madly in love with Storm in, in that particular episode. I'd have to say Gene, because it's, you know, Tom Cyclops have made him a, yeah, you know, convertible. Yes, right. And there again, there's just so many memorable moments from the expedition. <laughs> oh yeah. Our go-to thing when we ended up throwing up the question was Wolverine punching Cyclops in the stomach because there's just something. No, I know. <laughs> it's just so stupid. He just walks up from behind and just plows him in the gut, and he doubles over and falls down. Next time, I'll use these. It's it's so damn memorable and like. Oh, I know. I love how it's so iconic of a moment. Like, it happens literally within the first episode. So I was like... (laughs) And there's also, like, again, the humor in this has, of course, spawned off the, you know, 
the internet with memes and whatnot. And one of them was the shot of Wolverine looking at a framed photo of uh, Jean. He's, you know, longing for her. And oh, yeah. that, of course, has become something that's been photoshopped on the internet, you know, modified. Oh, I know. <laughs> We've seen one or two of them. There's I been... don't see a lot of them. <laughs> it's, it's such a... My favorite one is the multiple photos of him looking at himself, looking at himself, looking at himself. <laughs> it's never <laughs> Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, I love it. This is great. <laughs> I just like, what's the matter? Teacher's pet got cold feet? <laughs> and then Cyclops turns around with his eyes at the little blast of somebody gives him. It's like, any time, pretty boy. I'm the best there is. See, I, didn't even, I don't remember reading that line. That must be from the movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. You never I'm had the best that there is what I do, but what I, I'm the best at what there is, but what I do isn't very nice. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that at all. Wow. Okay. I hate being that fan, but can can we actually hear Wolverine say that? Hey, Ten Horsemen, I'm sending you back to Oz in pieces. Oh, but the Blob. Okay, round boy, let's dance. And <coughs> again, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but um, I love. And there's, I don't know who was flying them in somewhere. The guy that's got a loud voice that screams out or something. I don't Banshee. know what he was. Banshee. Oh, crotch. So we don't see. He's Irish, of course. Yeah. I wonder because the last the line after that, he says, You think that's bad? You should hear me sing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but one of Wolverine's totally like cool lines with a voice like that, with a voice like yours, we should have just tried to break in here with a marching band. I like that. <laughs> Funny lines. Wow. And, and and Jubilee says, "Excuse me. Well, what does she look? Well, what does she look like? She's from another galaxy. She's someone you don't know. Rescue her." <laughs> and, and I don't know what these all these episodes are, but these are just lines that are just like, "Where do these guys do their shopping? Somebody wake me up from this nightmare because I gotta be dreaming." Who do these genius spy catchers think they're dealing with? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Oh, my God. Wow. oh, they're just great lines. You know, it's, it's just fantastic. Now, of course, one of the things about X-Men, the animated series, was the adaptations, the strong adaptations of so many iconic X-Men stories, which were mostly from the Chris Claremont comic book run. And I'm, I want to know, what are some stories that you know, you've heard about over the years that have not been adapted on screen that you would like to see yourself. Myself, I'd love to see Age of Apocalypse be done with all of you guys with X-Men, the animated series, down the line. I, I'd like to, to see the origins of Wolverine from the very beginning, like where this character came from. Where, cool. you know, sure. Where, like, Jimmy Howlett, or, like, the whole the history of where he came from. How he, where he was born, I mean, in Canada, apparently, but yeah, we're going, yeah. How come he's 183, 84 years of age now? Clean living. Uh, I just like to see where he, where he, like, what he was like as a child or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, that's one of the things about the X-Men comics, the stories in general, there's so much that they can do, and I'm surprised that they really never oh, did much of the 
backstory of him because he was such a popular character and still is. And you could do so much with the Wolverine character with that. Just tell his backstory. I, I, you know, you mentioning the Captain America episode, I would love to see more of the relationship between the two of them together. Yeah. No, it was very funny. I mean, that's a very funny episode. It was just the lines that Wolverine had and stuff. Cause you know, he's looking at him like, cause he's dressed in red, white, and blue and, and, uh, Red and white, whatever the stars all over his thing, the shield he's carrying and stuff. And he said, "No kidding, you could have fooled me." In <laughs> other words, you know, Captain. Yeah, it's just great. Cal, is there anything? Then, then of course, then of course, there's always the the infamous line, "All right, you egg sucking piece of gutter trash." You always like pushing around people smaller than you. Well, I'm smaller. Try pushing me. <laughs> That's right out of an episode. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, with the with regards, of course, to the episodes, Cal, do you recall uh, any time in the production of the show's recording where you had any kind of difficulties, um, e- even something where, oh, we got to wait another day or two because so-and-so's got a cold, they can't replicate the voice that they need to, to do this character in, or were there anything, you know, any obstacles that, that happened in, you know, doing this show? Uh, no, I don't know. Not, not that I can remember. Like, uh, we were when we were all together, which I said only happened for about four months, whatever, yeah. which would be about three or four episodes or something before the engineer had enough of it. Um, <laughs> no, because then after that, it was just you'd get a call and say, "Okay, you're doing X Men." Go be at the studio at ten in the morning. You're out at like two or four in the afternoon depending on how many episodes you were doing in that one day. Yeah, but no, like colds or anything like that. No, you, you couldn't do the voice with a cold. Oh, you would tell right away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, what, what I'm, where I'm talking from is down, right down the bottom of my pipes. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Oh, I, I'm thinking, can you hear that plane? No. Oh, the helicopter. Sorry. Oh, that's why I thought, they were, I thought they were looking for me again. Alpha Flight's looking for Wolverine again. I knew it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I knew it. No wonder we couldn't hear the plane. It was a helicopter. <laughs> that was good. Oh, that was very good. All right. So really, it, you know, in a way, I guess it was easier to do than, let's say, uh, a live-action film because you didn't have have um, delays going over budget, maybe, you know, things that oh, would no, definitely no. plague a, a filmmaking process. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Now this one question comes from Tom Bennis. Before your time as Wolverine, did you ever use the word bub? Or no, I, sign- no, I don't think so. I don't think so. My, but Pal was definitely would have, re- I, and I re- replaced bub sometimes with Wolverine. Of course, everyone wants to, you to write bub on their, you know, picture, their autograph, or whatever. <laughs> I said, of course, but not a problem, pal. During our, initial, like during our initial correspondence for setting this interview up, you had said the word "bub" in our in the email, and I just had the the goofiest smile from that. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm talking Wolverine. No problem, no problem, bub. Yeah. <laughs> and let's yeah. See, let's see what else we got. Now, horror movie barbecue asks: Did you ever have a chance to audition for X Men Evolution from the early 2000s animated series? No, and wondered why. Sure, yeah. 
No, no. Sorry. <laughs> first, first of all, I, I wouldn't have auditioned for it. <clears throat> I just I didn't understand why I wasn't doing that. Yeah. It didn't yeah, make it sense. Awesome. And I watched the first episode and we're like, what's that? What's going on here? <laughs> made no sense to me. Like, yeah. made no sense whatsoever. And I was pissed off. Wolverine was but shit happens. But shit happens. Yes, right. I just, again, there are so many different elements and things about your character that it would have been cool to see your personification in the X-Men Evolution series, but again, yeah, it happens. Yeah. And there are also like a lot of characters that your character may not have interacted with then, which characters would you have liked to have seen Wolverine interact with that he didn't in the animated series? Like myself, I would have loved to have seen more of uh, Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel interacting with Wolverine because both characters' backgrounds are so identical with you know the military background and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't have the history or anything of knowing who he was involved with or stuff. From, so I, I, I don't know how to answer that question. Well, what what other uh, characters would just in general like would you have wanted to see him interact with? Uh, <laughs> I just can't believe what came into my mind. <laughs> Daffy Duck. Oh boy, I no. I would love to watch that. <laughs> no, but <laughs> back up, back up, Bob. Suffering, suffering, um, Yosemite Sam. I'd like to see a Wolverine and Whoa Dragon. Whoa, <laughs> Wolverine, Wolverine and Yosemite Sam. And that's all, folks. Uh, just Poor Yosemite kid. Sam. I would like to see with Wolverine. Yeah, or maybe Pepe Le Pew. See, we remember Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> sure. We live in a world where they've done a Batman meets Elmer Fudd comic. I kind of want to see now a Wolverine meets the Looney Tunes, just book in general, or like an animated Oh, series. Jesus, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can do a bunch of those voices. Or maybe they should do a Batman-Wolverine thing. And there was, there was like, uh, well, we were working on a project. I was on a conference call. <laughs> this, is, this is blowing me away. I was on a conference call with uh, Kevin... Conroy, uh, uh, Rob Paulson, uh, the director that directed her name is escaping me for a minute, but I'll get it. Um, Andrea Romano, right. who directed Kevin in the Batman all those years. So the three of us, the four of us, so those three and myself were on a conference call with the uh, Hollywood reporter about this friend of mine who wrote a project called the gang's all here. And it was the four of us, the three of us act voice actors <laughs> in this show called the gang's all here. And we each played different parts. Kevin was a bear. I was a pig. Uh, Boston was uh, whatever other characters, <laughs> but it, it would have been absolutely unbelievable to do that, but it's still in the works. And that's, that's, Actually, easily a year ago that that started, that conversation started, and that conference call was about a year ago. And, you know, whatever. It's always in the works. That would be fantastic to see. Just, again, yeah, that's the just the idea of, like, for myself, again, 
encapsulating a childhood in one conference call, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, well. I would I would be absolutely for that. Oh yeah. Oh no, it blew me away. I just you know, wow. And Rob Paulson, Andrea Romano, Kevin Conroy, and Wolverine are talking on the phone. And I'm in Canada. They're all in the States, and they all know each other because they've worked together for years. And I'm every now and then I say, like, so, you remember me? <laughs> and they're going, oh, is that, is that Cal? Yeah, 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 it is. I'm just, <laughs> I'm here in Canada. <laughs> and, man, it's cold here. So what else do we have to look forward to from you in the near future? Um, I don't know. I'll be in a city near you. I'll be in a city near you. We can hope so. We hope uh, to see you at a, at a con. I'm, do, I'm doing another series, and I can't tell you a lot about it because I'm. they told me to keep my mouth zipped after I'd already blown it. Go it's ahead. all good. All right, so now before we wrap this up, first off, Cal, we want to say thank you so much, not just for your time today, but also for the continued memories and the just everything coming up in the near, hopefully very near future, and just everything, the convention appearances, the Wolverine, the every single thing. I can't even put it in words. And all the characterizations that you were doing for us, too. That was great. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. And it's my and it is my pleasure. Well, there I go, repeating myself again, again. Get it? That was an echo. Echo, <laughs> echo. echo. That's yeah. great. Congratulations <laughs> on your work and what you've done and continue to do. Thank we you wish so you much. nothing but the best. And before we okay. go, how can people get a hold of you on social media? Uh, at Real Cal Dodd on Twitter. At real, it's C-A-L-D-O-D-D. Right on. Um, what else? Uh, I'm not on, which is stupid. We're, we're trying to get on that. Uh, don't even talk to me about social media because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Facebook. Um, Instagram. You see... I'm on it, but I, for some reason, I got my phone. I've been having major problems with my phone, which is a BlackBerry, okay? Because I'm in Canada. So it, uh, yeah, I lost it. died on me about two weeks ago, and I lost half my contacts, and I'm just struggling to get back on on base here. So I'm on Instagram, but I can't get on it for some reason with this new phone. It's funny because I searched your name on Instagram today, and I found the CalDod Twitter page, or Instagram page, and I followed that as well. Yeah, but I can't. I can't get on there to to look at it. I I don't know what's going on. Uh, my wife's gonna try and straighten that around for me because I I feel ridiculous because people are following me and stuff, and I can't I can't get on the thing. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that gets resolved very soon, and people can be able yeah, to no check it out on there as well as also yeah. like I you know like you've said the convention appearances. Which what are you? What is uh, your next convention you'll be at? Wales Comic Con. It's in Telford. England and when the Wales Comic Con. That's uh, December uh, December seventh and eighth. Very cool. So all of our international listeners out there, be sure to swing on down there and tell Cal. And then, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then I'm sorry to interrupt. Then, then uh, the the New Orleans, uh, uh, January third and fourth. 
third, fourth, fifth, whatever, in New Orleans, New Orleans. That I believe that is uh, the home of a certain uh, Cajun with playing cards that supercharged. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. Gambit's going to be there, and so is the, with her same same accent, uh, Rogue. Lenore's on. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. But, yeah, Lenore Zan. There, and I believe she. Yep. Uh, and so just... they both have the same kind. Of, they have both have the same kind of accent, sugar. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, but, but and you know, yeah, Chris is going to be there. So I was like, "What's wrong, Chef?" <laughs> He's great. So that'll be, it'll be fun. And that's again the thing I love about hearing. Like I've heard a lot of people with the experiences that fans have had meeting the X Men, the animated series cast, and everyone involved in every single person has had such a positive experience. And it's, again, it reflects with this interview as well, just the, you know, the warmth and whatnot of being able to talk to a person that was heavily involved with my childhood. So Yeah. No. I don't know where hey, I was going my, with that, but... <laughs> no, it's my pleasure, and I understand exactly what you're saying, because I feel the love's all there, and it's just like, you know, without you guys, there's no, there's nothing... There's not nothing would be happening. We're just like lying, doing nothing. But you just you, you keep it all alive and happening, and it's just a wonderful. I mean, social media is great, and it's wonderful for us, and we're able to go out and have fun and meeting you people. Here I go with that you people again with the fans and stuff. And again, it's, I love them all to death, and you guys have been fantastic, and. um Jeez, I don't want to start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Cal, once again, thank you so much from not just Eddie and I, but also the Marvel fandom in general. You are so, so welcome. Peter and Eddie, my new friends, have a wonderful time and a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. You as well. Thank you, Cal. Here's from you and on. Okay, buddies. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Wolverine, but you can call me Logan. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.